and welcome to Healing and Hope Through Grief. I am your host, Jody. Today I'm going to speak about three extremely important components to your healing. They are all centered around you. I don't want you to feel selfish. I want you to embrace the ideas that I'm going to put forward to you today. My ideas are in no particular order, so please just listen and perhaps one or two will resonate with you. I think it might be a good idea to choose one that sounds doable and maybe in a few days try one more. And please don't worry if you backslide from time to time. Just do your best. I don't think I need to talk in any length about how taxing grief can be on us and the ability that it has to manifest in us physically. We know this to be true. We need to take care of our mind, our body, and our spirit. I will tell you this, if you're not okay and taking care of yourself, you absolutely cannot take care of anyone else. If you are grieving and you have a family or friends or parents, spouses, etc., any other type of relationship, it will be very difficult for you to give anything if you are not taking care of you. The first thing I'd like to speak about today is self-talk. I will be very honest with you. I talk in my head constantly throughout my day. I am continually reminding myself that I can do this, that I can get through this, and that everything will be all right. I need to do this, especially when I'm faced with a difficult day or even particularly a difficult moment. My self-talk begins right in the morning when I wake up. I, I'm not kidding. It truly does. And it's something I've worked very hard on right from the beginning. I work hard on beginning my day with gratitude. That definitely may sound like an oxymoron moron to someone deep in grief. How could I possibly wake up feeling grateful? My child died. Well, instead of waking up feeling angry, resentful, and I've done this one, sorry for myself, I certainly remind myself that I was lucky enough to be Sophia's mom. I am not going to lie and say that this was easy to come to, and I'm also not going to say that it looks this way every day. It is something that I work towards and something that I strive to do every day. Especially in our first year of fresh grief, we wake up wondering if this was all a nightmare or a dream, if this actually did in fact happen. So if you are in those early first stages of grief, try to think about this idea, but don't be too hard on yourself if it doesn't come easily. At the point of my journey that I'm in right now, nearly seven years after the death of my daughter, I am in fact very capable of waking up every morning and going through my list of everything that I am grateful for. My children, my partner, my family, everyone in my life that means so much to me, my health, my career, seeing the sunrise, breathing in fresh air. I'm grateful for the ability to speak to you today and work through my grief with you as I do each and every day. Starting your day this way impacts your life tremendously. It might not seem like much, and I'm certain will sound like such a cliche. You've heard this before, this whole gratitude thing. We all have, but I am here to tell you 
it works. It makes an enormous change and trajectory in your day and in your life. Practicing gratitude every morning when you wake up will absolutely shift your mind into a positive frame and essentially help with your healing. This is first and foremost my most important self-talk. The other way that I practice this is when I'm in situations that are particularly difficult. Perhaps someone has said something to me that can be perceived as hurtful or misunderstood. I've really worked hard on knowing that the person communicating with me is not trying to be hurtful. And what they are saying in regards to my grief is simply coming from a place of care and concern. Another bereaved parent taught me this within the first year after Sophia died. I am so grateful. His name is Bob, and his son died only a few short months before our conversation. And it was a very flippant conversation that we had one day. And I was venting, saying how angry I get when people say stupid things, thinking he would agree. And in the most gentle and calm way, He said, I don't get angry. I understand that they are only trying to be helpful. I tell myself in my head that this isn't coming from a place of hurt. It's coming from a place of love. And having Bob share that with me and saying that to me truly changed my outlook for the next six years. And I'm so grateful for that. I draw upon our conversation often. The other self-talk that you can have running in your head, especially when you're feeling desperate and maybe spiraling through your grief, is that this is not going to last forever and that tomorrow, whether you like it or not, the sun will rise and it's a new day. This practice of self-talk is extremely important and that's just what it is. It's practice. The more that we will do it, The more we make it part of our daily life, the easier and more naturally it will come to you. I had to do a lot of self-talk in the first year after Sophia died, and I went through a lot of bargaining and questioning my decisions that I had to make while Sophia was very sick during very difficult times, and wondering if I had done things differently, if it would have saved her. This is extremely normal and part of grieving. I revisited the fact that Sophia was displaying strange ailments the year before she was diagnosed and what if I had demanded an MRI or took her to the doctor sooner or caught something sooner. Perhaps I would have been able to save her or the cancer wouldn't have been at stage four. I know now that I needed to go through this process. I needed to turn over these stones and look under them, and put them back down until they were placed in a spot that I was okay with. And my self-talk now is that I know this is unproductive for me to think that way, but it was necessary for me to reach a point and to know that I did everything that I could, and it's not my fault my daughter died. So it might seem like my self-talk initially in regards to Sophia's illness was destructive, but I needed to go through that. And now, like I said, my self-talk 
looks and sounds differently. In my head, I know that I did everything I could with the information I had at the time. Now, let's speak about self-compassion. This is a hard one for me. I am going to be brutally honest with you. I hated myself after my daughter died. I hated so many things about myself, how I struggled so hard to parent my other two children and be present for them and be a good mom. I was so hard on myself. I just never felt like I gave enough or did enough or was enough. I got angry at myself for what I perceived as overreacting or just not accepting how I was feeling. I've worked hard over the last seven years to be easier on myself and I know that by doing so, I am a better parent, a better partner, and a better friend. I absolutely am far from perfect in this category, but it's something I'm working towards and trying hard to practice. Be kind to yourself. Grief is so painful. Never forget there is always one person who is capable of offering you comfort 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that person is you. While self-compassion is not our cultural norm, it has tremendous healing power. Try treating yourself as you would a beloved friend or child. Another very important component to my healing is self-care. There are so many layers to self-care, but what I want to touch on first and foremost is your mental health. I've mentioned this before. If you are seriously struggling, please don't hesitate to reach out to a professional and seek that help that you need. It is essential. Self-care looks like a lot of things. Self-care looks like taking time for yourself when you require it, when you don't want to be on, when you don't want to talk to other people, and maybe you just want to be alone with your thoughts. Making sure you carve out the time when you feel that you need it. It's, it's not something that you can pencil in and say, every Sunday between 12 and 1, I'm going to take time for myself. That's simply not how it works. I mean, that'd be great if it did, but it's not. The way that self-care works in regards to taking time for yourself is that when you feel that you need it, you make sure that you find that time. Now, the flip side might be that you need to surround yourself with someone who brings you comfort and support. Another component of self-care is nourishing your body. Making sure that you are hydrating and drinking plenty of water. I remember early in my grief, one of my friends saying to me, just drink plenty of water. And you know what? That has stuck with me all of these years. I can picture the day she said it to me when we were in my driveway. And I took that little piece of advice so to heart. And I think even to this day, she doesn't realize the impact. Just that her saying that to me, it's just stuck with me. Um, you know, especially after a good all out whale mama cry, which I don't know if you listened to my last podcast, you need to drink plenty of water after that. It's such a simple, simple act, but it definitely makes you feel better. 
the whale mama cry and the drinking of the water. Um, it will help you mentally and physically. Also, I think being cognizant that alcohol can upset your sleep schedule and depress your mood is important to keep in mind as well. So trying your best to nourish your body with healthy food is extremely important as well. And again, I am not saying that you need to deny yourself. I say this to people when we talk about healthy eating and, you know, don't deny yourself and, you know, decide to do this crazy clean vegan diet. Don't do anything extreme like that, but try your best to get all the good stuff in. Make sure you get in all the nutrients and the protein that your body needs to have the energy to get through this journey. Because I am going to tell you, it takes a tremendous amount of energy to grieve. You might not feel like you're doing a lot, Maybe you're lying around, not very active, but you are working so extremely hard, okay? Keep that in mind. Now, sleep can be difficult, either too much or too little. Perhaps trying what I'm going to talk about next may help. So anyone that knows me or follows my personal Instagram knows how much working out has helped me. I've been very honest and open with this, I have been extremely, extremely grateful for a facility here where I live, Blair's Boot Camp. I did attend Blair's Boot Camp before Sophia died, but I wasn't sure about returning after her death. I can't even explain why. I was so nervous about how this would be perceived. I am in deep grief. My daughter just died. Should I show up to work out? Now, years later, the answer is incredibly clear to me. A loud hell yes. All right? Yes. The answer is yes, yes, yes. I was welcomed back with open arms. I'll never forget working out beside a fellow boot camper. Her name is Jane. And we were holding a high plank, and she put her hand on mine. This little act will always be etched into my mind and will remind me that someone else might need this at some point. After Sophia died, I needed this outlet. It has helped me mentally more than words can express. It was a release of tension, anger, and pain. I shouldn't say it was. It is. It still is, and it has truly made such a difference in my life and in my healing. I have written this to them, uh, the trainers at Blair's Boot Camp, and I have shared this on social media, and I have spoken this, and it sounds extreme, but I will say it over and over again. Fitness has saved my life. Sounds extreme, but I'm being very honest with you. This is wholeheartedly how I feel. I feel so much better after a workout. I feel so grateful and so lucky to be able to do this. That is one thing that I will stress so much to you today is that getting active, being active will help you. I absolutely understand that you are exhausted in your grief. It doesn't have to look extreme. I mean, try going for a walk, start small, Set some goals. Setting goals um, 
to get active is a great way to start. Make sure you write them down and even post them on your fridge so that you can see them. So, I mean, it can look any way that works for you. You might say, um, every day you're going to go for a 10-minute walk. It doesn't have to be extreme. You don't have to say, I'm going to go run five kilometers today and 10 by the end of the month. You don't, that's not what I'm saying. Make sure you write them down and post them. Tell your spouse or a friend, be accountable and make that time for yourself. Go out and get some fresh air. Please, please believe me. It will help you way more than you can ever understand. Um, you know, maybe make up a playlist and listen to some music that brings you up or a podcast that you find interesting. An absolute favorite podcaster of mine um, is Rob Dial. So he has a podcast and the title is The Mindset Mentor. And you know what? I just love that guy. He speaks so much truth and he teaches us how to strive to live our best life. I highly, highly recommend him. Well, in wrapping this up, I feel that my self-care blurb here (laughs) is heavily surrounded by fitness because for me, that is the top of my list for self-care. And boy, can I feel it mentally when I haven't worked out for a few days. I make sure that I push through a run or a walk and I instantly notice the difference. It's been tough with the lockdown. Um, I was really thankful Blair's had online videos. I got out and did runs. Um, Just yesterday, though, I got to do an in-person class and I just felt like a new person. I felt like... That Jody that I'm working so hard on is is back. So one more quick thought just kind of popped into, I don't have it here in my notes, but I want to just say it before uh, I say goodbye, is try surrounding yourself with positive and upbeat people who support you and who care about you. And I get it. I know that's not always easy, uh, especially in a workplace where you really don't have a choice sometimes. Um, I hope not, but chances are there's going to be negativity and that is where your self-talk needs to come into play. Try to dismiss it and don't let it settle in. Don't let other people's negativity change your outlook, especially after you worked so hard to start your day with gratitude. Remember that, okay? Remember self-talk, self-compassion, and self-care fortifies your long and challenging grief journey. A journey which leaves you profoundly affected and deeply changed. To be self-nurturing means to have the courage to pay attention to your needs. I wish you all nothing but the best. Please take care of your sweet self. You are loved, you are appreciated, and you are cared about beyond measure.